Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 19th of July. With nearly 39,000 new cases reported in the last 24 hours, India's COVID-19 tally has risen to over 10.7 lakh. At least 543 deaths were reported, taking the casualties to over 26,000. However, as many as 6.7 lakh patients have recovered. While the Union Health Minister has been insisting that there is no community transmission in India, the Indian Medical Association has said that the coronavirus situation in India was really bad and that the infection now spreading to rural areas is a sign of community transmission. In an interview with ANI, IMA Hospital Board of India Chairman Dr. VK Monga said that India was seeing exponential growth in the number of COVID-19 cases as over 30,000 new infections were being reported each day. He said and I quote there are so many factors connected with it but overall it is now spreading to rural areas this is a bad sign unquote urging the center and state governments to coordinate better dr monga said containing the virus in non urban areas will prove to be extremely challenging for the government aims delhi meanwhile has received approval from its ethics committee to begin human trials for covaxin india's first vaccine against covid-19 Covaxin was jointly developed by Hyderabad-based private firm Bharat Biotech, the Indian Council of Medical Research or ICMR, and the National Institute of Virology. Dr. Sanjay Rai, professor at the Center for Community Medicine at AIMS, said that people between the age group of 18 and 55 without a history of coronavirus and other comorbid health conditions will be eligible to volunteer for the trial. He said a few volunteers have already registered for the trial and the screening of the individuals and evaluation of their health conditions will begin from Monday. Aims Delhi is among the 12 facilities chosen by the ICMR for the first two phases of Covaxin trials. In the first phase the vaccine will be tested on 375 volunteers of which 100 will be from Aims. India's second vaccine candidate, Gujarat-based pharmaceutical giant Zydus Cadillus Zykov, also entered human trial stage earlier this week. The clinical trials for Zykov will be conducted across multiple cities in India with over 1000 subjects. Maharashtra, the country's consistently worst-hit state, has crossed 3 lakh infections with Mumbai alone accounting for more than 1 lakh cases so far. The state now has more cases than the United Kingdom which now has reported over 2.95 lakh infections. Chief Minister Uddhav Thackeray despite opposition from the NCP directed district collectors to impose a lockdown without coming under any pressure if they were sure that it would contain the spread of the virus. The chief minister also said that a ban on religious, social and political programs has been retained. Pradeep Vyas, Principal Secretary of the Public Health Department, said that the number of oxygen-equipped beds should be increased in cities such as Thane, Palghar, Raigarh, Nashik, and Jalgaon. He said, though there are more than 5,000 ventilators in the state, only 540 patients are on the ventilator. Vyas added that nodal testing officers will be appointed in each district and division soon. Delhi, on the brighter side, is displaying signs of hope. For 17 of the last 20 days, including 11 in a row now, the number of people recovering from COVID-19 in Delhi has remained higher than the newly detected infections. No other state has come close to such a trend. In the country's south, Telangana, one of the fastest growing states in terms of COVID numbers, seems to be showing signs of a slowdown. Andhra Pradesh, on the other hand, is showing a dangerous upcurve with almost 4000 new infections. In fact, the state even overtook Telangana yesterday. The state has recorded more than 44,000 infections till now, while Telangana has a few hundred less. 
Talking of Telangana and its COVID situation, do listen to the latest episode of Reporters Without Orders, where I spoke to Revati Pogadaranda, an independent journalist from Telangana. She spoke to me about the state's mismanagement of the pandemic, including the centralization of treatment for the entire state at Hyderabad's Gandhi Hospital. If you are a regular listener of Daily Dose, you'll know that the overburdened health workers there have been protesting against it for a while now. Revati calls herself a journalist out on bail. She was arrested last year. I will not reveal why over here. Listen to the podcast to find out. The conversation also touched upon the Chief Minister KCR's hostile relationship with the media organizations that are not owned by his party, Telangana Rashtra Samiti. Oh, and we even talked about why and how the TRS has taken over so many media companies in the state. Yes, that is a thing in Telangana. Coming back to today's news, the Karnataka government has asked hospitals in Bengaluru to admit only patients with moderate or severe symptoms. The Karnataka government also held interstate travellers responsible for the spurt in COVID-19 infections in Bengaluru, saying those from hotspot states like Maharashtra could have brought the infections. State Minister for Medical Education K. Sudhakar said that there was no community transmission and added that if that were really the case, the number of infections would be running into lakhs. He said that the state government's vigilant approach has slowed down the spread of the virus by two months in the city. Bengaluru so far has reported close to 30,000 cases. However, Tamil Nadu remains the second largest contributor of coronavirus cases with over 1,65,000 cases, even though its growth rate has dropped off in the last couple of weeks. Other states in the list of top 10 contributors to the number of infections include Gujarat, Uttar Pradesh, West Bengal and Rajasthan. Coming to the northeast, as many as 63 security personnel have tested positive in Manipur, raising concerns about the number of security personnel infected by the virus. Two more patients, including a BSF Jawan, died in Meghalaya. In fact, keeping the rising number of infections among security forces in mind, the Sikkim government last week had made it mandatory for all security personnel entering the state to undergo quarantine and get tested for COVID-19. Sikkim's tally, meanwhile, is inching closer to 300. Even Arunachal Pradesh, which had single-digit cases for the longest time, now has over 650 cases. Before I get to the international updates on the virus, dear listeners, I have something very important to tell you. With the pandemic-induced lockdown hitting us in March, the horrific riots that engulfed Northeast Delhi in February were put on the back burner. But our reporters, Basant and Ayush, consistently followed the developments. In fact, because of the intensive and extremely important nature of the investigation, we started an NL Sena project for it to find out if the Delhi police's investigation has been fair and robust. In case you don't know, NL Sena is an initiative by News Laundry where readers like you can pay for the stories that you want to hear. 154 people understood the significance of this story being told and were generous enough to contribute to the project, so huge thanks to all of those people. So the first story under the project is out and I'd like to read you an excerpt. It is titled, Who Killed Marufali in Delhi's Communal Carnage? Fellow Muslims, police say. So here goes the excerpt. Harun Ali and Shamshad are perplexed. They sit morosely in Harun's modest home inside the narrow, zigzagging lanes of Subhash Mohalla in North Gonda, Northeast Delhi. Their predicament lies in a charge sheet filed by the Delhi Police's crime branch in the murder of Harun's brother Maruf Ali, who was shot dead by a mob barely yards away from his home on the night of February 25, 2020. It was the third day of the communal carnage in the capital that left at least 53 people dead and hundreds injured. 
Shamshad, 25 years old, who was shot in his abdomen moments before Maroof, remembers the faces in the mob and so does Haroon. They were their neighbours. Haroon complains and I quote, The names we gave to the Delhi police on multiple occasions do not find any mention in the charge sheet. The men who killed him still roam free in the neighbourhood and harass us. Unquote. On June 8, the crime branch filed four charge sheets in cases related to the Delhi carnage, which began hours after an incendiary speech by BJP's Kapil Mishra at Majpur on February 23 and lasted over 72 hours. One of the charge sheets pertains to the killing of 32-year-old Maroof, who left behind a family with two children. Muslim victims and witnesses have accused the police of fabricating and distorting their statements to protect the alleged Hindu killers of Haroon, an electrician. To find out more, read the complete report on newslaundry.com. And do not forget to share it with your friends and family on WhatsApp and Facebook. If you are sharing it on Twitter, please do use the hashtag NLSena in your post. Also, dear listeners, if you think we deserve your consistent support, please do subscribe to News Laundry. As many of you might know, News Laundry is a completely ad-free news platform. To tell you stories like this, we cannot afford to let the government or any sponsor come in the middle. And that is exactly why we choose to be a reader-supported news platform. So hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Coming back to some international updates on the virus. Over 14 million people have been infected by the horrible virus around the world and over 600,000 have lost their lives to it. US deaths from the novel coronavirus exceeded 140,000 on Saturday as cases continued to rise in 43 out of 50 states over the last two weeks. Since late June, the country has seen a resurgence in new cases and now, six weeks later, deaths have also begun rising. A health official from Texas said that as many as 85 infants have tested positive for COVID-19. Corpus Christi Public Health Director Annette Rodriguez said that the infants are younger than one but gave no other details. She said, and I quote, These babies have not even had their first birthdays yet. Please help us stop the spread of this disease by staying at home except for necessary trips, socially distancing and wearing masks in public. Unquote. According to the Johns Hopkins University tally, cases in the United States have hit 3.7 million. Meanwhile, according to the Washington Post, the Trump administration is pushing to block billions of dollars for the state-run testing and tracing, the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and attempts to combat the pandemic at the Pentagon and State Department. Russia's ambassador to Britain has rejected allegations that his country's intelligence services sought to steal information about a coronavirus vaccine. Andrew Kellen said to BBC that there was no sense in the allegations made last week by the United States, Britain and Canada. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said today that it was possible that EU leaders will not reach an agreement on their third day of talks on plans to boost the bloc's economies. She said and I quote, "There is a lot of goodwill but also many positions. I will make every effort but it is possible that there is no result." Unquote. Even yesterday EU leaders had failed to agree on a stimulus plan to counter the coronavirus pandemic. South Africa now accounts for approximately half the cases in Africa. Iranian health officials have played down President Hassan Rouhani's estimate that some 25 million people have been infected by COVID-19. They said his estimate was based on serological blood tests that measure exposure to the illness and that cannot be relied on to show the current state of the disease. The 25 million figure put forward by Rouhani yesterday is nearly a third of the population and much higher than the country's official number of COVID-19 cases. 
China on Sunday said that 13 new cases of COVID-19 have been reported in Xinjiang city of Urumqi, taking the total in the country's most recent local outbreak to 30. Now for some non-coronavirus news. In the latest development in the Rajasthan Congress crisis, the centre, late on Saturday, sought a report from the Rajasthan Chief Secretary on allegations of phone tapping after two audio clips of conversations purportedly regarding a conspiracy to topple the state's Congress government emerged. In a communication, the Ministry of Home Affairs told the Rajasthan Chief Secretary to send a report on the allegations of phone tapping. The Rajasthan Police's Anti-Corruption Bureau registered a case under the Prevention of Corruption Act in connection with the two clips. The FIR mentions details of a conversation between Congress's rebel MLA Bhavarlal Sharma with a Gajendra Singh and a third man called Sanjay Jain. The BJP on Saturday asked if the Congress government in Rajasthan resorted to unconstitutional methods to tap the phones of politicians and demanded a CBI probe into what it called a saga of illegalities and concocted lies. Do watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance where Manisha looked at the Game of Thrones saga unfolding in Rajasthan. BJP's Sambit Patra came to news channels with all the ammunition, pop culture references, songs and even shairi. Congress's Pavan Khera, meanwhile, put out some lame excuses for the now not-so-grand old party. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.